Welcome back. This is the soft count. Pretty uh, uneventful game last night. Really not unexpected. If you've been following my podcast, I've said Golden State's going to the finals. One of the things that surprised me, though, was that they weren't facing Phoenix. (laughs) I, I really thought Golden State would have zero problems with Phoenix. And then when Dallas got through, I was kind of convinced that maybe maybe Luca can do what LeBron does. But the problem is, Luca doesn't. His mindset isn't the same as LeBron. He's like fine with taking threes and missing. If he really wants to find a way to win, he needs to work from the inside out. Golden State's weak inside. They don't really have a lot of big men, and Luca's every bit as big as. Draymond and a better player. He should have no problem, you know, getting inside and getting his points there first to get him going. He's got to get him going. And if he just hangs out on the outside, he's he's going to struggle. Either way, I've I've been saying for a while Golden State's going. They look and if they do what they do, which is just like I said, it's a goddamn avalanche. You can't stop it. Nobody can stop it. When it starts happening, you can't stop it. I was listening to Colin today. He's like there's no dynasties in the playoffs. I'm like, what are you talking about? The dynasty is in the playoffs. It's just you all forgot because they've had some injuries for a couple years and they took a couple years off, but that's that's the dynasty. They are the Patriots of the NBA for, God, for a long time now, and they're back. It's like, oh, fuck, they're back. <laughs> but nobody realizes it yet. Nobody hates them. They are the villains. Everybody's, you know, there's like, there's no villains in the playoffs this year. And it's like, yeah, there is. The ultimate villain is. And they've just been like hiding under a sheet. And now they're here and they're about to win again. And it's going to. And nobody's going to be mad this time. Except for me. Because fuck them. Anyway, for tonight, I want to get started early with the uh, best bets. Best bets. Yeah. So I was looking over the player props. I'm a player prop guy. I typically look at how the game because i because it doesn't matter who wins you know it, it's more of a i can watch a couple different things if you like some same game parlays i'm all about that i've got my ac cranked right now so i'm gonna you know, as i listen to this podcast i apologize in advance if you guys can hear it i don't think you can but it's hot as fuck so it is what it is <clears throat> anyway i'm in a basement by the way if you guys are wondering what my setup is i'm surrounded by computer screens and a finished basement i'm a i'm a basement dweller <clears throat> work out down here, smoke a little herb, <laughs> you know, grown-up stuff. <clears throat> anyway, looking at the numbers, we got Jalen Jalen Brown over 23 points is 117. I don't know. I'm, I'm always on the under with Jalen Brown. His under for 23 points is 112. I think that's probably more likely. I think he probably maybe gets 20. I don't know. The Jason Tatum bets are always my favorite. His over is 28 points. He had 26 last night, and if they keep doing what they're doing, I'm I'm tempted to go with the under. Jason Tatum, 28.5 points, so I'm thinking 28 points. Like I said last podcast, though, he need for them to win, he's got to get 35 every night. It can't be Jalen Brown. It can't be... Marcus Smart or Robert Williams or, you know, whoever. It can't be anybody else. It has to be Jason Tatum. So if they win, he's going to be over 28.5 points. He's going to have 35. And if he can do that tonight, you know, take the over if you're feeling it. 
I've been feeling it. I, I thought the Celtics would have no problem. Then that game one, I was like, oh, shit, what, did you, what is going on? And it's that, it's that inconsistency with Jason Tatum again. Marcus Smart, under 13.5 points, I'll take that. That's minus 118. I like that. Victor Oladipo, over 7.5 points is one t- minus 120. I like that. If you want to put like a 50 on there, why not? I think he's probably going to get 10 to 12 points. They're going to need it. And then Tyler Hero, finally the numbers have kind of elevated for him. Minus 120 for over 15.5 points. Tyler's going to get 20 throughout this series. He has to for them to win. So watch out for that. I like the over on Tyler. And then I like the under on almost everybody else. Game one's usually hard to bet on. The team that's been resting there's always there's two theories they're either rusty or they're not tired right and they clearly weren't tired and jimmy butler we we talked about luca and jalen but jimmy butler is really the one that's is stepped up jimmy butler his over is is high it's 26 and a half points i'm taking the under i don't think jimmy has another night where he scores 40 tonight <clears throat> i'm taking him at under 26 and a half points max Struess, i'm taking the under 12 and a half points and then P.J. Tucker, I'll take the over at six and a half points. All those odds are at, at minus 100, basically. So you can, you know, get a nice little little boost if you're looking for parlays. If you feel like, and you can do some same-gay parlays on a lot of these websites. So if you're looking for that, that's always sweet. I, I mean, I like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum at, 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 um, for a parlay. And that'll give you a nice result. That'll put you at, like, minus 200. Something to think about. So those are my best bets. Best bets. The game tonight is going to be really interesting. I, it's going to tell us the rest of the series. If if Miami comes out and Jimmy Butler still plays how he did in Game One, the Celtics are done. though. it's over. If they can't, if Jimmy Butler keeps getting like thirty and forty points in the playoffs, like all series long, there's nothing they can do. And the same thing for Dallas. There's nothing they'll be able to do against the three point reigning of Golden State. And so we might be looking at, you know, the Heat and Golden State. But just looking at the game tonight, Miami does a lot of things well. And I warned you earlier about Max Drews and P.J. Tucker and just some of the odd matchups they have that are really difficult on the Celtics. I I really thought Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum wouldn't really have too much of a problem taking care of Jimmy Butler. That is not the case. Jimmy Butler had 45 or something crazy. If he does that again tonight... How do you bet going forward? I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to rethink our betting with Jimmy Butler. I'm not 100% in on him. I know every when you turn on the news right now, everyone's like, I, I told you, he is the most dominant, and he's ridiculous. Nick Wright the other day was talking about Dallas. Like, I told you, they're going. It's like, not if Luka just dances on the three-point line and misses. He's got to play harder and go inside and play harder. He needs to start running his mouth, talking shit, getting fired up. He's got to go inside. He's great with that Euro step layup stuff. He's great. He just has to do it. <laughs> you got to get in there and do it. I don't know why he didn't. But like I said, game one's kind of a feeling out process, but you don't want to, you want it to be tighter. Both. What's most disappointing about the first two games is just how one-sided they were. And that's been kind of a theme throughout these playoffs. It's like you see a few really sweet games, and overall it's been super entertaining. I've enjoyed almost the entire NBA playoffs. I don't know if everybody's watching, but it's been sweet. But there's been a few games that are just kill the vibe, vibe killers. Like 
both of these first game ones are like, ugh. And so you're expecting a big pushback from the Celtics, in which case, you know, Jason Tatum getting 35 tonight. I think that, you know, I've been saying he's got to get 35 or they can't win. And Jimmy Butler's like, I got to get 40 or we're not going to win. I'm not sure that's true. Not when you got Tyler Hero coming off the bench giving you 20. Max Struess is giving you anywhere from 10 to 15 to 20. He it. Yeah, you know, Jimmy Butler's got a couple other guys that can make shots. I mean, even P.J. Tucker can make threes. And, you know, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown is supposed to be the other guy. These two guys are supposed to be studs, both forwards, you know, or both guards and forward bodies. And really, Jason, to me, is the only one that really shines bright. All the, Like, when, he, when it's bright, bright, he's the one that shines the brightest. And so, I don't know. Expect the Celtics to push back tonight. Don't expect Jimmy Butler to get 45. I know he's talking like, I can do that every night, but that's what everybody thinks. Jason Tatum thinks that, and then he doesn't. So I think the Celtics are going to push back, give us a nice game too. We'll see. College football has been wild today. Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher – Listen, I don't give a shit. I don't care. I don't care about who pays who. I don't care who gets this money. I hear Colin and me like, I don't really want high school kids getting money. Why? I don't care. I don't care who gets the money. I don't care. As long as somebody that's going to be stepping on the field gets some of it. I don't give a shit about the high school kid getting paid to come to a school. Like, why do you think Jamison Williams from Ohio State went to Alabama instead of staying at Ohio State? Everyone's like, well, Ohio State was so deep. And it's like, it doesn't matter. He'd have been on the field. But he, he, he went to Alabama. And, you know, why? Why do you think? Alabama's been paying players longer than you can remember. Every major school has. They've found ways. I mean, there's documentaries about the schools that get caught. They make fucking movies about the guys that get caught. SMU. All these schools, man. It's just... And now that you can kind of see it, now that it's like... The best acronym kind of thing for it is uh, now it's legal. And now that it's legal, certain schools are going to have a better shot again at the top. That's what... the, The top is about to shuffle. And Nick's pissed. There's more money in Texas than fucking Alabama, period. And so the boosters in Texas are going to be, you know, Texas, California. These states make more money, so there's more money there. The weather is fucking great in California. I don't know how, in the next 10 years, I don't know how Oregon, with the rules that are in place right now, are not the the most dominant program in the country. I'm talking like, you talk about Texas money, let's talk about Nike money. (laughs) Like, you just buy whoever. The really scary thing is like when a mid-season transfers start happening. Because in theory, with the transfer portal the way it is, you can transfer whenever you want. And so let's say I'm Alabama. I'm Nick Saban. Going into the fucking playoffs, and my offensive lineman goes down. And we offer somebody else, an alignment at another school that's not in the playoffs, their their offensive lineman, a million dollars. Like, we'll give you a million dollars to come over here. And they just transfer. 
I think it's awesome. <laughs> I think it's crazy. I don't I have no I don't care. I don't care at all. College is dumb. I graduated from Ohio State. I wish I never went. I was a high school English teacher for a little while. That that sucked. Not because of the kids. The kids were sweet. I taught ninth and eleventh and twelfth grade. And uh high school English. <laughs> and so, I mean, it was cool. The kids were sweet. I taught inner city schools, right? I had a 100% low income. Everybody had like free lunch at my school. It was wild and it was sweet. The kids made it cool, but the, the, the hierarchy of it sucks. And college is no different. It's a business. And, and, and these, the school I taught, it's like a business. Like the more enrollment, the more money we get, the more money our principal has, right? And the more money his boss has. It's not, a, it's, it's, it's a business. Even high school's a business. Colleges are the biggest business. So I don't care what happens to these colleges. My degree cost me so much money. And, and in all the years I went there, I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, I only had a couple professors ever. Most of them were TAs that I thought, you know, they're not smarter than me. They might probably don't even know more than me. They're like two years older than me. And most of them are so absorbed in some like really obscure object or subject or dissertation they're working on that it's like, I don't care. This is nonsense. College is nonsense. It's a piece of paper that you need so that you can talk shit down the road. Like, look at me. I got this $50,000 piece of paper. I'm so in fucking debt from it. It's like a, it was a total waste of time. <clears throat> I got to teach for a little bit. It's led to some other jobs. Now I sell real estate and talk shit. It's, it's you know, I, if I could not go, I wouldn't have gone. <clears throat> but I did. But I feel nothing for these universities. I, you know, I, I mean, I watch Ohio State because I live here and I like them enough. But I don't really like them. I don't care what happens to them. I don't care what happens at any college university at all. If the if the powers at the top shuffle, it's like fine. They're all making so much money, all of them, that I just, how can I feel bad for any of them? And those of you out there that are like super into your alma maters and you're looking at me, like I didn't play sports at Ohio State. I just went there. I had a girlfriend there. It just, it was a waste of time. Knowing what I know and knowing how the internet works and technology, it's like you just don't have to go. And as a teacher, I sent a lot of kids to college because it was my job too. And I was sitting in the back of my mind. I'm like, God, you should just do something else. <laughs> but when you look at athletes, it's the only path. Except for except in, the NBA is getting away from it. The NBA doesn't enjoy, endorse their college counterparts as much as the NFL does. But if you're an NFL player, there's no other way there. You got to go to college. Which is cool. I mean, if you're a college player and if you play college football, like I would have loved college. And so there's definitely like things for people in college, especially if you're an athlete, you have to go now. And now you get paid, which is even better. People don't even realize it. Like other college students get paid to go to college. <laughs> like TAs get a stipend. You know, that was one of the things when I finished my degree, I had a, there was one professor that really liked me and he trying to get me into the master's program and you know, there's like a one in four chance of becoming a professor in the end. No matter how good you do, no matter how well you, you complete all your courses, you get great grades. I had great grades in college. I had terrible grades in high school. I got straight Fs, basically. Had to go to summer school every year, get to college. It's like the easiest thing ever. And then, and then at the end of it, they're like, do you want to keep going? And I'm like, well, maybe. 
they'll pay you. They give you money. You got to do a bunch of shit, though, that I was just like, eh, I don't know. And then I got offered a job, and I just took it. I didn't know what I was doing. I still don't. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. But if you're an athlete, like, why wouldn't you just go? Now you get paid like a TA, basically. Only you make more money. Why? Because you bring in more money for the university. These TAs bring in money for the university by teaching for the for the professors. These kids bring in money because they're advertising. Commercials during football games, ticket sales, jersey sales, T-shirts, hats, enrollment. I mean, the kids that play football at your university bring in more money than anybody else. So if them, them getting paid, cool. And them going to college, cool. They're not going to be in debt their whole lives. Perfect. I don't, I, you know, I have no problem with NIL. <clears throat> I do have a problem with head coaches at these superpowers like bitching and starting to point fingers and be like, you were cheating years ago. And it's like, yeah, yeah, we all were. But now it's legal. <laughs> so whatever. Everybody's acting like they're going to out somebody because they did something earlier. And it's like, well, I'll out you. If you, I mean, there's probably only a handful of coaches that haven't done something they shouldn't have. A handful, maybe. Maybe none. <laughs> I mean, probably none. Maybe like the, the first-year guys that don't know any better. But anybody that's had success in college football has done something they probably shouldn't have. been some talk about Baker Mayfield now uh, more and I, I like what I'm hearing some people are saying that he should just start I know that J- Jacoby Brissett was the for the Browns I want to talk about the AFC North a little bit we'll start there and then I'll kind of work my way around the NFL over the next couple weeks and kind of talk about what I see but I live in the AFC North so we'll start there if Baker Mayfield wants another shot in the NFL it's definitely not going to be in Cleveland but he's going to have to start there you don't want you need to go out there and make sure Jacoby Brissett's not the starter, because then you can get traded. When everybody sees Drew Locke and Daniel Jones and I don't know whoever else, like any of those type of guys, even Kirk Cousins, it's like why wouldn't the Vikings bring in Baker Mayfield to compete with him? I realize Kirk Cousins is is like a solid quarterback, but he doesn't have any A traits anywhere, and Baker does have one A trait, which is his arm strength. And so every team's going to take a shot on him. The only problem with Baker is that his arm strength doesn't come from his arm. It comes from his body, the way he throws. He's got a whip motion similar to the kid in uh, New York Jets, Zach Wilson, where they whip their body to generate power. And last year with Baker's injury, the labrum tear, he had no power because he doesn't throw with his arm like somebody like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. They can throw from any angle – because they don't throw with their body. Same with uh, Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't throw with his body. He throws with his arm. Those are the kind of guys I've always liked. They're my favorite kind of guys. They fall off a cliff pretty quickly when their arm goes. <laughs> but I, I like them because they can do all kinds of crazy shit. They can throw from any angle. And in the NFL, with the way the, the pass rushers are, they can't kill you anymore, but they can get close to you. So you got to get rid of the ball quick. And sometimes you don't have a chance to get your feet set and make a great throw and you got to make and your arm has to do it and so that's the knock on some a lot of these guys right that's the knock on bake in my opinion because he can't he has to his feet have to be set for him to make an accurate throw it's 100 percent non-debatable if his feet are set 
He proved in college and some in the NFL that he can be accurate. But when his feet aren't set, he's probably the most inaccurate quarterback in the NFL. Which sucks because everybody thought he was like a mobile guy. He's clearly not. He's just not that athletic. He's not as athletic as he thinks anyway. So the Browns would give him the chance, I think, to start. They need it. They need him to start so that there can he can generate some interest. I think it's probably fair to say that Deshaun Watson will be out for I mean, everyone's saying maybe eight games. I'm I'm thinking ten or more. Maybe the season. You could be you'll be shocked at how many games. I mean if I'm Roger Goodell, I'd fucking if I'm Roger Goodell and I have to make this decision, I know everybody's saying he's the decision, but I thought that they had this new committee that decides these things. I don't know 100% yet. I haven't. They got a new collective bargaining agreement on how to deal with Deshaun Watson. I suspend him for two fucking seasons. I just make the statement. Like, there's too much. It's too much. Sorry. If it were one woman and it was a he said, she said thing, I mean, even if it's all a lie, what can you do if you're Roger Goodell? It's like, oh my God. I've got a alleged serial rapist, basically. It's not just a couple. It's like almost 30 or something crazy. And then like another 20 that are like, oh, I had a great time. <laughs> it's like 50 women. 30 of them had a bad time. And so that is a problem for Roger Goodell. And, uh, yeah, what do you do? You can't – if you're a Browns fan, you're, you're going to be mad no matter what. I, I, I won't be mad. I don't care. I, I literally don't care. If he is 100% innocent and all this shit is just like a cabal to bring to steal his money, that would totally suck. And I, you know, with the kind of documentaries you see on TV today, like Rich and Shameless, it's been coming on after um, NBA time or whatever the NBA show with Chuck and Shaq. I don't even know what the hell that show is called. Inside the NBA, maybe I don't know. It's just on. I just always turn it on. I like Chuck a lot, but. This show comes on afterwards called Rich and Shameless. It's like this new documentary about these people that like do like Ponzi schemes and just like all kinds of crazy shit that you you couldn't even think of. Like you, it'd be hard to write a a story about this without it actually happening. It's like it's unbelievable. And so it's not unbelievable that a bunch of people could come together and try to ruin somebody's life. It's not. It's also not unbelievable they did all this shit. My big thing though is that. I need evidence. That's how our that's how our court system works. And the only thing Deshaun Watson is going to be guilty of to, to to the commissioner is bringing bad attention to the NFL because he was found criminally not guilty of anything. And so now, when when Roger looks at it, he's like, "Well, you brought negative attention to us." And so I don't know how they're. I have no idea how they deal with it. That is the most complicated situation I've I've ever heard of. Because public opinion, it's all, it's crazy. Because the public opinion, it doesn't matter if he's guilty or not. He's guilty to the public. Everybody hates Deshaun Watson, and rightfully so. Because to them, he's a serial sexual predator, allegedly. <clears throat> but you have to think, like, what if he isn't? And this dude's life's just getting destroyed. What if he just likes fucking? And, and, most, and these women all, you know... A handful of them decided, like, let's get together and ruin this dude. It's not impossible. It's definitely less likely, though. <laughs> it's less likely than he did these horrible things. He probably, you know. But in our country, like, if you didn't get convicted, what do you do? You just 
blackball him and never let him do anything again, even though he's innocent? I have no idea. It's super complicated. Their roster is really good. I actually think their wide receiver core is better than it was last year. <laughs> you know, I've thought Odell's been done. I know everybody thinks it's Baker, but I've always thought Odell's been done. And I, and Jarvis is at the very end of his career. And, and then they bring in Amari Cooper. If I'm Baker, I'm like, shit, I'm going out there and throwing to Amari Cooper for as long as this dude's suspended. And then they can trade me. Either way, I'm making $18 million. I'm not not going. I don't give a shit what people say about me at all. I've worked at a bunch of places that people didn't like me. But I never disrespected anybody. And I always show up on time and I always work really hard. And I do my best. And I, and I don't worry about what other people do on their off time. That's not my concern. And what people always, they're concerned with me is what I'm doing on my off time. Because, you know, I like the seedy underworld of life. <laughs> I spend a lot of time on the internet. I used to spend a lot of time in nightclubs. I just, that's who I am. I'm covered in tattoos. I'm, a, I'm an underground person overall. I'm not, I'm not a, I don't know. It's just not who I am. <clears throat> So for Baker to be like, uh, I'm not going back because they said this about me or somebody said this. You don't even know who said it, right? There was like somebody had come out and said, we want an adult. It's like, well, if I'm Baker, I'm like, fine, I'll be a fucking adult. I'll come in there and not have any fun. Is that what you mean? Or whatever it is, whatever. I would just come in and work really hard and make them trade me and I'll get my money. (laughs) I, I just don't care. I don't care about that kind of shit. I like who I am. And most people don't like that. And that's great or it's whatever it's like who cares why if i'm baker the only thing i'm concerned about is me and acting like acting out and not playing doesn't help me so if i'm him i force him to play me i go in there that's the thing they really don't want right they don't really want him to come in there but if he does he could change the entire narrative and he's got a really good team to look look at the bengal's well i mean the bengal's have the best quarterback in the division they got joe Joe Burrow, man. I had a friend text me recently about him. He goes, do you remember in the spring game like five years ago? It was probably about five years ago. He said, you saw Joe Burrow play in the spring game at Ohio State, and you looked at me and you said, he'll be the best quarterback in Ohio State history. And I remember watching him for like two drives. I remember the drives too, and I saw him. Th- I saw the ball come out of his hand, and I was like, wow, that's a nice ball. Not like a rocket. It just looked nice. I was like, wow, that's a catchable, nice ball. And then he rolled out of the pocket and ran up the middle. And I was like, god damn, this dude is going to be the best player in Ohio State history. And then uh, the like maybe a two seasons later, you know, Dwayne Haskins got the start. And then he left. And I was like, wow, that sucks. And then Dwayne played well. And I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, what are you going to do? <laughs> They're both good. And then Joe Burrow in the end, did become the greatest quarterback in Ohio State history, just in a very different way. (laughs) He played at Ohio State. He just – he did his best work elsewhere. He's really great. He's the best quarterback in the AFC North. And everyone's like, well, Lamar was the MVP. And it's like, yeah, but you're not taking Lamar over Joe Burrow. You're not. He can't throw. (laughs) So – and a lot of people are like, well, he he is a franchise guy. And it's like, yeah, he is. I would take – Lamar Jackson over almost everybody in the NFL except Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert as far as young guys go I, you know because and, and Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen like you're not taking Lamar over any of those guys unless you just like him and you're a Ravens fan and you're like I just love Lamar Jackson it's like yeah 
he is super cool and his game is baller. But when you go down by 20, it's over. With Pat, Josh, you know, Justin, it's it's not over. And Joe Burrow, it's never over. These dudes can just score points like Steph Curry shoots threes. They it, it can happen so fast. And that's the beauty of the Bengals right now is that their their offense knows that they can torch you. And that's one of the problems with the Browns and the Steelers and the Ravens right now is they don't have confidence there yet. The Bengals know they can do it. And so they're going to probably win the division. And a lot of people are like, well, they're going to have that second-year blowback from losing the Super Bowl. They're going to suck. It's like, no, <laughs> unless Joe Burrow gets hurt, they're going to be baller, and they're going to win. They, they upgraded their offensive line. They're in that point now where they can get the luxury stuff. The things that don't necessarily put points on the board like offensive line. They did it like I said, everybody should do it. You, you draft your quarterback, you draft your wideouts, you score points, you just live on the edge. And then once you start winning, you got these late-round picks. You can take some shot on really good offensive linemen that are at the bottom of the first round every year. And they just traded for them, though. They're going to be good. The Ravens have to get – if with what they do, they got real, it was unfortunate because J.K. Dobbins got hurt, and they're, they're basically all their running backs got hurt, and then it was just Lamar running. For what they do and how much he can throw, they have to run the ball. They need their running backs to not get hurt. But I don't think they're going to be able to beat the Browns if, if Baker or Deshaun Watson are playing, and I don't think they're going to be able to beat the Bengals. They're probably third with the Steelers and last with their Bo Callahan quarterback. <laughs> they better start him. The Steelers, man, they put some money into Mitchell Trubisky. And that's not a bad thing, having a backup quarterback that makes money. It's a bad thing if you put him out there and sit Kenny Pickett. I almost called him Bo Callahan again. I'll call him Kenny Pickett. It's a problem if you sit him. You need him to play. He's old for a rookie. He's older than Pat Mahomes. He's older than all those guys. He's like 20, almost 25, I think. He will be 25 before the season starts. That's old. Last guy I can think of that was that old was Brandon Whedon. He was like 28, which is really old, by the way. What a stupid pick that was. <clears throat> they should have been fired that day. Anyway, Kenny Pickett's got to start, and he's going to struggle this year because he's in a really tough division. Very rarely do I think nowadays do defensive – I know everybody loves defensive linemen and the, the stars of the pass-rushing world. They just don't affect the game like they used to because because of the rules, the refs. <laughs> when they do get to the quarterback, it's usually a penalty. So it's like I'm just not all in on pass rushers anymore. However, you're still going to get beat up by – if there is a defensive line that's really brutal, it's the Browns. And as a rookie quarterback, it's going to be <clears> – <throat> that's going to be rough. I mean, you already got gloves on. It's gonna be, it's gonna be, that's gonna be rough. Bo Callahan's gonna struggle. We'll see how he does. Overall, I think the Browns and the Steelers are gonna struggle this season. It's gonna be hard. The Ravens probably bounce back. They make. I don't even know if they make the playoffs. Who's he throw to? I know they got that young wide receiver that was supposed to play more last year. The AFC North, the only team I see being able to make the playoffs right now is is the Bengals. 
And the only reason I say that with the Browns is just like, I don't know what is going to happen at quarterback. They have the most unique situation I've ever heard of. Because they also signed Jacoby Brissett, who has already proven to be, you know, a really good two, solid backup. He's been in the league for a while. And uh, they, they gave him money. And so now you got, yeah, they got a lot of people in the quarterback room in Cleveland. Too many. You can't have this many. <laughs> There's just not enough room on the on the roster. You can't carry like five fucking quarterbacks. It's a, it's just I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do. And then you know the Ravens just need to stay healthy. Same with, I think the big question for for Joe Burrow is if he can stay healthy this season, he can really put that knee injury behind him. He got out of he he, he got hit a lot last year, and he stayed healthy. But I need to see it one more year to where I'm not nervous. Every time he gets hit, I'm nervous. Like, oh, God, he's been hit so many times already. So, AFC North, I'm just always worried that they're going to beat up on each other. Steelers probably get fourth place. They're going to have another high-round pick. I mean, if they're lucky, it'll be their first top-five pick and since I've been alive. I'm, I don't remember. I mean, since Ben. But he was like 10, I think. So, it wasn't even him. I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember when they got their, that high a pick, but they, they're going to really have a hard time. If they want to win games, they're going to start Trubisky. If they want to find out what they got in Kenny, they'll start him. But if they lose a bunch of games, they're supposedly good quarterbacks in the draft next year. I gave you the quote fingers that nobody can see. Let me tell you something. The guys that everybody's looking at in the draft next year, uh, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, <clears throat> they are small with weak arms. Like when I watch CJ Stroud throw the ball deep, it's it gets there, but it's just slow. Like the ball has, doesn't have velocity. There's not a lot of revs on his ball either. That's one thing I look at. Guys that can put revs on the ball, spin spin it. Can you spin the ball? And Bryce Young and CJ Stroud can't spin it. They can throw it, but it it just looks so soft. And uh, in the NFL, that's just an interception waiting to happen. You got to have some velocity. It, I, it, I don't know. Those guys worry me. I'm not I, in college. They're baller, but a lot of that, you know, you look at C.J. Stroud. He had two of the best wide receivers in college. Both are probably going to perform really well in their rookie years in the NFL. And then the dude in Alabama's had two top picks in the NFL at wide receiver. Both probably going to produce pretty early in the NFL. You know, Tua is a great example. Tua doesn't put a lot of revs on the ball. That's really, to me, when you see a guy that can really put revs and spin the ball, those are the guys that you look at. All the other guys, if I'm not getting a nice spin, if I'm not getting a spiral, you're not giving it, it's just not, you're not going to, you're going to get picked off in the NFL. That's how you create velocity. That's how you throw a good ball. That's when Peyton Manning fell off. I think it's funny. Everyone's like, well, Peyton Manning was never a strong-arm guy. You just don't remember. In his first five, six, seven years in the NFL, he had a laser cannon. I've looked back at some of the footage, and I'm like, oh, my God. It's like a fucking fastball currently. You know, he could he could sling it with high revs and just put it anywhere. As he got older, he lost his revs, he lost his spiral, and, he you know, he had to retire. Now, Tua doesn't throw wobblers. It's just slow revs, and the ball just kind of hangs in the air. That's always dangerous. 
So I, I wouldn't be banking on next year's quarterbacks. You really need. I mean, and I don't think the, I don't think that's the plan for Pittsburgh. They want Kenny Pickett to play well. We'll see if he does. to make a couple quick mentions before I sign off some things I found interesting this week one of the things was Phil Mickelson so my grandfather my grandfather was a professional golfer my mom was kind of a black sheep of the family we really struggled my mom was a single mom we worked three jobs my grandfather they would take me in from time to time growing up but overall like it wasn't like I had like a relationship with a professional athlete I mean my other grandfather played for the Niners too who I never even knew I just don't even know him you know but my grand, my other grandfather, he's been a golfer his whole life. So <clears throat> built a couple, was like part of the designing group of golf clubs. Had had some crazy shit happen with his money, like just crazy shit. You know, he's not, he doesn't have money anymore, but he did at one point, and it was just like some crazy story. It's you know better told among drinking buddies. But anyway, uh, it it brought me to golf to a certain degree. I played golf when I was younger. I'm never going to talk about golf. The only thing I'm going to talk about right now with golf is that I saw that today that Phil Mickelson, over like a period of like a couple years, accumulated $40 million in gambling debt. Whoo, Jesus Christ, $40 million? <laughs> you need to start listening to the soft count, Phil. Phil's over uh, – the only reason I'm talking about him, he's over with the Saudi League right now. He's trying to get in with the Saudi League, and they're going to – they're going to try to pull some big names over there and they're going to start getting TV contracts and he's going to start making more money. But the real reason he's not on the PGA tour right now is that he's talk shit calls him the dictatorship and all this stuff. So Phil, the the only reason I'm bringing it up is we're a gambling show. And that is, that's some, those are some bad bets. Apparently he bets on the NFL allegedly (laughs) and it did not do well in the last couple of years, 40 million. And apparently that's just like what people know. And, and I'll tell you this, with people that are that rich, you don't know everything. And he was in deep with some some serious people at one point. And so this whole Saudi thing is a, is a way for him to kind of probably get out of some debt and shit. Who knows who he's in debt to? When you're that rich and you, you kind of jet set around the world playing golf and shit, I mean, you probably meet some crazy fucking characters. And you make some crazy fucking bets. And you get in some deep shit. We'll see what's up. That that's, I thought that was really funny. I mean, I... Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> and Tiger today looks like hell. He is not walking well. Uh, he's on the, you know, he's at the PGA Championship. He looks like he looks terrible. Uh, hmm. So yeah, I think that's my uh, the podcast for today. Make sure you hit the like, follow, subscribe. Hit me up on Instagram at the Soft Count. It's just me, by the way. I know I get a few people messaging me. Uh, next episode. I'm going to go over some of the questions I've been asked. I've had some funny questions, a couple of them with some broken English, which I always love, uh, because I know people outside of the country are listening, which is sweet. I really, really appreciate you guys, and uh, I'll talk to you next time.